Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the um, How to Do Drugs podcast. I'm Alita Janine, today's guest. Um, again, is Rebecca Rush. Um, she was on, she's technically the first person I interviewed. And then when my computer did like computer stuff, I lost her episode, um, all of it. It was, it was all gone. So she's being an angel and coming back on again. <laughs> I love how you're like, again, as if they saw the lost episode, but you don't have it. Like, yeah. It's like they know for some, I'm like, I just feel bad. <laughs> so sorry you missed out on the first episode. Although um, I'm a little more seasoned now. I think I have a little bit more flow going. So it may be a little bit better, to be honest. Um, we, we'll see. You know what I mean? I'm not hungover today. So that's a good thing. Um, I don't know. I haven't drank in a while. And I went out. I went out with... Um, a friend of mine uh, that I technically met through Sovereign Sire. Um, he's a male porn star, he's from Australia. And um, apparently he was a big fan of mine. And like, we had FaceTime, uh, she was at the AVN Awards and we had FaceTime. And so we've just been social media buddies, but he's like, hey, I'm gonna be in New York because um, I'm leaving, you know, he's going to Europe, um, well, he left for Europe. And he's like, do you wanna meet up for dinner and drinks? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I went out and like, before I went out, Cause I'm like, Oh, I haven't been out in a while. I'm like, I should have a glass of wine. So I had two glasses of wine here. And then we go to the stand and they're recording something for South by Southwest. And, um, they're like, we need you in the audience. I'm like, fuck. Okay. So like we go and we sit, um, we sit in the audience and then he's like, he's like, Hey, he's like, I don't mean to be rude. He's like, I kind of already ate on accident. He's like, I, I've eaten twice because like it's his first time in New York in like 10 years. And he's like seeing a couple of friends. I'm like, no, it's totally fine. He's like, I also don't drink. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to eat and I'm going to drink. He's like, yes, please. He's like, he's like, don't like be weird. I'm like, no, I'm not that kind of woman. But I just thought it was cute that like, because a lot of girls won't eat, you know, or drink if, if the guy isn't doing that or whatever. Um, mostly because they're like, oh, well, who's going to pay for this then? I'm like, you are, you dumb bitch. Like, it's not, not that difficult. Um, but because, you know, I go to the stand a lot. So they just kept pouring me wine. And then like towards the end of, you know, after the show and stuff, and we're sitting and, and we're talking, he's like, it was literally the last of the wine. He's like, oh my God, you had a whole bottle of wine. And I'm like, yep. I didn't even tell him about like basically the half bottle I had before I saw him. Um, yeah, the next day I was, um, I was a little groggy. That's for sure. I did drink a lot of water, but yeah, I was like, oh, I don't, it's so much harder now that you're older to deal with hangovers for some reason. And I'm not seasoned. I don't drink all the time or rarely, you know, doing comedy. I would drink a couple times a week. So like it was in me, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you don't drink for a while, the hangover is definitely worse because your body is like, oh wait, this is poison. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so now I'm thinking about like maybe not drinking, like at least not like that, but I have like the binge drinker mentality where it's like, I don't drink a lot, but when I do drink, I drink a bottle and a half of wine. You know, I drink excessively. Although that's actually not that much for me. How much did you drink when you used to drink? It was always different. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, wouldn't get wasted every time, but like, that's the thing about alcoholism. Like I don't have control over whether or not I'm going to have control. Yeah. May, and I may not, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Where you could just like, oh, one day have like one or two drinks. And then like the next day. Well, I never had one. <laughs> like, sometimes I would have like two or three. Yeah. Like, and then I'd like go home, smoke a bowl and like read a book and fall asleep. But like, then there were times where I was like, I'm just gonna, I relapsed at Pine Box, Mike, like one of the, I did like, I was brand new to New York. I did my, I hadn't drank in five months. I did my closer at the time and it bombed. Mm -hmm. And then I went and paced that long bar, like explaining how to the bartender, how I shouldn't drink. And then I was like, oh, but they have blood orange beer. Like I should have one. And as I went to order the beer, I heard myself order a shot. I did not walk away from that bar without drinking like four or five shots and that beer. And then I think I went off and I was like, okay, I'm going to drink it again. Like that was just the start. <laughs> it does. Um, sometimes it does only take one. Like there'll be times where I'm like, oh, I'm just not drinking right now. And then I'll go out and then, yeah, just be like, all right, this one. And then, yeah, fucking four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, how did this, how did this happen? It's an addict's brain for sure. I think. I mean, it's just, the disease of alcoholism. 
yeah in general but it's definitely um also feel that it's like smoking it's like the habit you know what I mean it's like oh it's something that like we're used to doing and something that makes us feel good so our brain you know we always want to feel good and so it's like yeah let's do this yeah people normal people can like take or leave shit yeah like I'm not good at I'm not good at leaving things I'm just like, wait, there's cocaine. Yeah, of course I want some. I haven't done it in a while. That's why I could do some now. That's always my thing. It's like, oh, it's been months. Of course I could have a line or 500. (laughs) Although I have noticed like, because I do still um, like to do cocaine every once in a while, but I don't do lines. Like I do like little bumps. Like I do micro bumps. I'm just getting older. So like my drug use now is just getting smaller and smaller portions. I mean, if you're getting better coke, though, your micro bump is the same as doing like a big fat rail of like shit coke. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) I don't know. Like I've done so much, so much cocaine and like meth that I'm actually surprised that like my deviant, like, you know, hasn't or my septum or whatever hasn't deviated. You know what I mean? Just like completely. I do like sneeze or blow your nose does air come out of the inside corner of your eyeballs because that happens to me no but yeah that is totally a thing that um, <laughs> that can happen another um episode with ryan shaner he was talking about how um he had slammed a shot and it didn't go down it stayed in his nas- nasal cavity and then like he like leaned over and it, like came out of his ears yeah, that's a fun episode. Uh, you'll be able to listen to that um, coming up a little teaser for the second episode. So um, yeah, you get to be, well, technically I had the first episode, but you're the second episode. <laughs> you're the first guest episode. So that's exciting. Well, you just recorded an hour yourself talking. Yeah, just like gave a rundown of, of what it was because um, some people were, I mean, it's a, it's a strong title um to a podcast how to do drugs and then um I don't make it easy with the logo at all with the little (laughs) but come on man it's so funny (laughs) I mean it makes me laugh so I'm fucking keeping it I think it's adorable I'm gonna do other stuff too with like bloodshot eyes or whatever but I like the little simple nose with the bloodshot I mean it's it's right you know it just fits it fits but um yeah so I did like a little mini episode and explain like what the show is going to be about and how it's not just like I'm not going to teach you how to do drugs I mean I could you know certain ones remember how on the first episode I kept being like wait this was the first time I smoked crack and it just kept getting I actually just now remembered the actual first time I smoked crack and it was actually way earlier than any of the other first times I smoked crack (laughs) Okay, so when was the first first time you smoked crack? In college. Okay. I was doing a lot of coke and there was this like weird short Jewish guy with like the smallest dick I've ever seen in my life. He was like hung like an acorn. I don't even know how I got fucking caught up with him. But we like went driving around Hartford, Connecticut looking for coke. Like we like had ended up with some like homeless dude in his car. And I believe he had crack and he like I had one hit and then for some reason we met up with somebody else to get coke and they were like somebody I knew from high school and I showed them my butt and I was like I'm on crack I was like super proud of myself (laughs) super proud but then like the homeless guy like used this guy's kitchen to cook up the crack and then like wouldn't give us any we paid even though you guys paid for it well I don't think I paid for it but yeah that was the first time do you prefer um or did you prefer crack or cocaine more I mean I did tons and tons and tons of coke crack was more of like a thing that like I'd done it but then it was like oh crack like as if it was a different drug like you know I just bought into the whole societal thing so it was like I did tons and tons of coke because I was like more cool and like more high class somehow but like we have these like sex workers that we like stole from this orgy. We were like partying with my, my ex-husband's boss all the time and his girlfriend, not his wife, but his girlfriend at her like high rise that he paid for. And they'd get like his more friends to come, but the friends were like getting money mm-hmm. and uh, they were fighting so much. 
like you know when you've been up for like three days and you're just like trying to play poker and it's like the hardest thing anybody's ever tried to do like my ex-husband would be in the corner like going like this and like his boss would just be like staring at his cards for like 20 minutes couldn't figure out what to be like I'm sorry mommy I'm complicated right now and we just all and then they start fighting and I'm like why don't you guys come to our house because I like wanted to fuck one of the chicks without my husband watching and then like he finally went to bed and I was like trying to hook up with this girl in my garage and he the other one fell asleep and every time we were like about to do something he'd like pop up and like come into the garage and then like go back it was terrifying especially when you're on coke you're like <gasps> oh my god like yeah, they like, wanted to order they wanted to get cracked and one of them was like oh it's 7 a.m she's like he'll come out for like 500 bucks worth of crack and then I kicked them out and made like made them wait on my front lawn for a cab because like I couldn't have like I had been up having an orgy doing coke and ecstasy and drinking and smoking weed and taking Xanax and Percocet for like three days straight but like no you can't bring crack in here we're not ready for but I did do I did smoke crack in New London like there was this guy that told me it was that I knew from Twitter that said he has special smokable cocaine made at Pfizer. Smokable cocaine. And then he like needed, he would always have like this like olive wood, like mortar and pestle. And I don't know where his wife ever was. And he'd be like, he had a kid, but he like gave it knife mill or something. I, I was so wild, but I don't know if anybody, I think he might've like lost everything except his house. Cause he was a crackhead. Yeah. And I don't know that like the wife or the kid like actually existed in his life anymore. Like, I don't think anybody really was there. Yeah. But he would, like, pretend, like, oh, my wife's coming home soon. I'm like, sure, she was sure, yeah. like, like, you wish that she was coming home. He's just so wild. He, he needed me to, like, throw him 20 bucks to get more. And some, like, drug dealer-looking dude met us in a graveyard. I'm like, I don't think that guy works at Pfizer. <laughs> like, he doesn't. I don't think that. Like, as if it was, like, a different drug. Like, oh, it's not, like, crack. It's, it's from Pfizer. It's like the dude works at Pfizer. It doesn't mean that the crack he's selling is from Pfizer. That's- Pfizer was in that area. But then, I mean, I smoked more crack in New London. I like smoking crack like by myself. Because no, people get so fucking insane on crack and they get so like, they're always, I never had like, you never find like a real crack dealer. It's always some middleman that's going to steal from you. They expect to smoke what they don't steal from you with you. And then they try to fuck you and it just gets all creepy and weird. <coughs> So if I could like manage to get like a 20 bag of actual crack and like smoke it by myself and go to bed, I could fall asleep on crack. It was fucking great. I don't but know. But like, I had a really job that summer and I had to be at work at like 7 a.m. half an hour away for breakfast. So I could like drink and then smoke 20 bag crack and be good for work. But I could not drink and buy $50 worth of Coke. I'd be up all fucking night. Well, it also, like, depends on the Coke. I know that, like, if it's cleaner, you can actually, like, fall asleep and then, like, get up the next day. But, yeah, normally when it's all chopped up is when um, is when I have a problem, right? Yeah, right. With crack, like, whatever is fake burns off. So maybe you have less, but you're not putting, like, random white powders into your face that you don't know. Yeah. I mean, have you ever tried just cooking your own? I saw on an episode of Intervention, somebody freebasing. So when my husband was like sleeping, I would always still be up, like just hating myself, like for like so much longer, everybody else could be passed out. And then like your nose gets so stuffed up. We would like steam our faces over like pots of boiling water, take baths or like lay upside down and go like that. Like try to like blow chunks of my nose out so I could like make because it was like so scabbing it, and then we call them monsters when they came out. It's just like, oh, it's just like no big deal. It's like a piece of your nose. Like it's a monster. Now I have a cute name. I'm not killing. Yeah, totally normal. But anyways, I took like a piece of aluminum foil and I like put some coke on it and I spit and then I emptied a pen and I would just like sit in the garage and be like, I think I got some. <laughs> it is. Um, I've done the tin foil with um coke on it and then the yeah. And then, like, I just that. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a different, it's definitely, it tastes different. That's, um, that's for sure. I never, um, I've only done crack a couple of times. I always, I was like, eh, I like snorting it more. It was always, 
cooler. <laughs> it was the cooler thing to do. Unless like I did like putting like a little bit of Coke, like um, you tap down like a cigarette, especially, you know, I smoke Newport 100, tap it down enough to where like, you know, there's maybe like a half an inch or whatever. And then a camogie or whatever the fuck you call those and put Coke on there and smoke it. Oh, cool, dude. I was way too obsessed with those. Like that was like, the like I couldn't do Coke without doing one of those at the end. Cause I felt like it helped me sleep just like crack wood later. <laughs> But I would like, get really into it. I would like take out my filter, rip it in half, like evenly move out like a certain amount of tobacco and then suck the Coke up through the cigarette, then put the filter back in. Then I would like, I would suck up some of the tobacco back in, like shake it down, make sure it's even gross. Yeah, no, that's a whole process. No, I would just tap it down. I mean, I had the, I had the time, I had the energy until it just was down. I used to like to put it in my weed too. I would like layer it. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. A little bit of weed, a little bit of coke, a little bit of weed, a little bit of coke. That seemed to work best. That's how I do my DMT. That's the way I smoke my DMT. Well, it's pretty hard to smoke DMT with, like you can't smoke it with tobacco. It won't work. I've tried. No, no. Right. Yeah. No. Um, I have, um, I have like a dab rig, but I want to get, um, I need to get another bong. Oh, my buddy broke my bong, but I want to get like a dab kit that like is attaches to the bong. So like you can actually take like a bong hit of a dab, but that's the first time I ever had dabs. And it was, I was this like highest I've ever been. I was high for like five hours, like just straight, like that really intense. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. I'm like, I could see why. Um, your dabs are what a little bit more expensive, but it's like, oh, the longevity. It's like, I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. I had this little mini dab device, what, it was like 2017, the spring. And I was getting wax from that guy, Candy Sam. And every time I, the, the coils were too close to the mouthpiece. It was like a mini rig, but it was like this big. And I would piss like every time. And I have to like smoke it on my toilet. Like, it's just every single time I hit it, I cough so hard. I like piss. Like there was nothing I could do. Like, even if I emptied out and I had this, I had ordered this fucking kid's desk and like kid's chair from Ikea. Cause I was being cheap and I'm like delusional. I'm like, that's what size I am. I'm kid size. No, I'm not. <laughs> not. So I just made that little pink kid's chair into like my dab and piss chair. And I, left it like they kicked me out after like two months because I got I think this is why even though I was like not a great roommate <laughs> but I got a client bought me something off my Amazon wish list and it had my sex worker name on it yeah so in my head like that's they asked me to move out like right after that and it yeah. was like fitting. Yeah, I, would, I would go there to be like oh they're just discriminating but uh I, I'm like you guys can have this pink chair <laughs> barely used just this tiny little chair. We had it for like two months potty or every day. Um, so you have been um, you've been clean for a couple of years now, two years, right? Over two years, yeah. It was a long struggle, man, to get to here. Yeah, I'm very proud of you. So, do you have you um have you had any triggers or like what are your triggers that like like certain situations where you're like you feel like you may use again? or even drink. I don't really get like that anymore. Like I get upset. Mm -hmm. I get like overwhelmed, but like my go-to now is food. Um, <laughs> or, like, you know, I might act out in my eating disorder and throw up once in a while. That's probably the worst thing yeah. that I do. But like, dude, everybody I've ever helped get into detox is dead. Like so many pe people die. Like that's the kind of alcoholic that I am. Like, I don't know how many chances I have left you know mm -hmm. like last time I drank I did whippets for four days straight like four days straight yeah. you know like I don't <laughs> we're blue I didn't give a shit like once I start like I don't know smoke a cigarette <laughs> couldn't even stop like wearing exercise gloves like because I just needed to do it that often that like I needed protection from the cold from the yeah because the canister will get really cold there was a couple of times um where we had uh one and like one of the canisters like flew off and it just flew into the corner of the apartment and me and my buddy were just sitting there and we're like 
whoa, maybe we should let it like cool down or warm up or like cool down, even though it's fucking a popsicle. <laughs> but I mean, I still have thoughts about drinking or smoking sometimes. Like I'll tell you, like if I get like a cosmetic procedure and they let me have nitrous while yeah. that when I'm like out and the nitrous is kind of like wearing off, like that's when my brain's like, let's keep it going. Go to the dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And then, like sometimes if I'm ordering takeout and they have like all these liquor options that they didn't used to have. And I'm like, Oh, look at that cocktail in a mason jar. <laughs> like, <laughs> or like, you know, like there's so many like pretty, like really like hard kombucha. I didn't get to have hard kombucha. You know, I they didn't have fucking, they didn't have White Claw when, back in my day. Like, I've never had a fucking sel- Somebody like a year or two ago was like, oh, you should just like have some seltzer and then get sober again. I'm like, I don't, I can't risk that. Like, I don't know when I'll get sober again. Yeah. You know, like I, that's like a thing I'm not in control of, like, or what the fuck would happen. But and I have like thoughts, but I don't have like that, like feeling like it's going to happen or like, I'm going to take it. Like, it's not, I'm not my thoughts, right. We're not our thoughts. So like, it's not, these thoughts come and I like, don't take them seriously. And I'm like, I'm not going to, it doesn't feel real. Like it did like in those years where like, I wouldn't drink for five months. And then I'd be like out at comedy and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to drink because I'm on the pussycat. Yeah. No. (laughs) And then, yeah, yeah. Well, this person just offered me a drink, so I should have it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now you're just like, no, you don't you need that, which is good, which is good. But there is that um I've seen some people with certain things where they're just um they'll go out and they like I said, don't have an intention to drink, but then just like randomly order a drink and not even realize that it's something <laughs> that they've done. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like a conscious thing. They just went and did it. Like I tried to be vegan for a while. Um, not vegan, vegetarian. Um and I was doing pretty good. It was like six months in and I went out and we were going to the steakhouse. The guy was with me on steak. So I'm like, all right, they had tuna. I was eating fish. And because um, we've been there a couple other times and I didn't even realize till after dinner. He's like, I thought you were like trying the whole vegetarian thing. Like I had eaten a steak and not even realized that like <laughs> I ate the steak. I was like, but oh, I guess anybody needs you know, that. That would happen to me before I like, had like a spiritual solution which like whatever how it sounds but like if I have nothing between me and the first drink like but I do things on a daily basis to like maintain my spiritual health Mm -hmm. and that's what keeps me from not drinking like if I was just when I tried to like do it on my own like I wouldn't if I felt like drinking like right now I'd like call one of my sober friends or my sponsor and be like I don't I'm not gonna do it but like kind of feel like hard kombucha is I, I want to know what it's like or like so or like I'd like, like to have a bottle of champagne like you know some idiotic thing or like I'd like to smoke a joint or, or something like that beer with a pretty painting on it <laughs> but it's not like you know it just doesn't whatever like somebody's alert I'm allergic to alcohol and drugs and I there's a bad fucking reaction and it may not be immediate but it's gonna happen eventually so like that's just how it is like if somebody's allergic to gluten, then they don't fucking eat that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, that's good because we're going to be rooming together. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, so I didn't go to a festival last year because it was in the middle of the winter, first of all, and it was like South Dakota. And I was like, why did I even apply yeah. to this? But then I'm like, oh, I don't know any of the comics going and they're just going to be drinking. What else is there to do in the winter in South Dakota? But if I, like, know people, like, it doesn't bother me the same way. Like, strangers drunk, like, get the fuck away from me. But, like, you and Lewis are probably going to be on all sorts of weird things. Like, that's fine. I've, I've hung out with you before. We're gonna be so far. <laughs> what? We're going to be in Idaho. One of you assholes is going to bring something. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I never leave home without weed. So, they're, like, the only other time I've ever been in Idaho is when I was doing this porn star road trip and we had a big ass bus that said porn star road trip (laughs) and Idaho we were yeah and it's like a dry county and just a bunch of porn stars on this bus and so of course like we got topless and like we had beer on the bus and shit and so we were drinking at the hotel we're like we're gonna get arrested 
but we had to do it, you know, because that's who we are as people. So you're yeah, allowed to drink in a dry county. You're just not allowed to buy it. Yeah. Well, we didn't care. We just thought we were. It's the topless thing. I think that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did that a couple of times. Um, but yeah, going now for a comedy festival for <laughs> Idaho. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, I don't like. As long as there's like people that I know, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll just like go to bed. Yeah. Now that I really think about it. But I don't mind like being like people need to be who they are, right? And then like I don't I'm not down with people that are like, oh, you don't drink, I'm not gonna drink. Cause now you're fucking uncomfortable because you would normally drink and you're doing something for me that I didn't fucking ask you to do. Mm-hmm. I wanna know who the fuck you actually are because you're gonna be that person anyway. And now I need like, you know, give me a chance to discern whether or not I want you in my life up yeah, front, yeah. okay? No pretending. <laughs> There's a lot of times that when I go out, I don't drink or I don't drink a lot or whatever. I'm sober most of the time. It's just when I'm not sober, I am really not, not sober. It is so fun. Um, So are they starting to open up stuff in LA where you could like go out? It's like to clubs and like do spots and stuff or no? I mean like youth sports opened, if that means anything to you. I think the kids can play soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm supposed to do a a show in Apple Valley on the 6th. And I think it's outside because it's getting warmer again. Like we have like a month of like, ooh, it's in the 50s at night. Yeah. No one does anything, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're all like, oh no. <laughs> I but like, that's like usually just January. And now that's over. Yeah. But I'm supposed to like host a trivia game the same night and like they left like a good tip. And I'm like, it's definitely like way more money that I'm going to get paid for comedy with stage time so rare right now. I'm really torn about whether or not I want to give that game. (laughs) Also, like Apple Valley, dude. I don't, that sounds far. uh, Yeah, no, from where you are. Yeah, that's, um, it's a bit of a drive. You have a car though there, right? Yeah, but that doesn't mean any. It's two hours away. I'm not doing it. Yeah, no, that's real far. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, anything is pretty far. It's like anytime I have to go to Brooklyn, I'm like, oh, that's so far. <laughs> I did go to Colorado for like a weekend to like do spots in October, but I went with my friend. Neither of us had ever been to Colorado. Like I've never been to the Apple Valley, but I don't, it's not on my list. No, it's nothing. it's apple valley um okay back i know i'm such an idiot i'm like oh i haven't talked to you in a while um well i was gonna say like doing spots and drinking like that was always did you have like a routine like would you have like a certain mouth before you would go on stage or would you like go on slosh all the time because sometimes like for me sometimes i like to have like one glass of wine before i go on stage but if i have any more then it's just like, I could get sloppy. Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm not sure what part of like, I don't have control over whether or not I'm going to have control. Like, wasn't clear. But like, there's no routine that I could fucking stick to. Like when I first started comedy, I was drinking and like, I didn't, I'd be like, oh, I can't go to an open mic tonight because I don't have like at least $30 for whiskey. (laughs) It didn't even occur to me that like, you know what I mean? Like if I don't have, it's a free open mic, but if I don't have, at least 30, 40 bucks to spend on booze, then I don't have, I can't go. Yeah. Yeah, that is, um, that's a weird uh, mentality, but I get it. Yeah, there's sometimes when I'm like, oh, I could go out and it'll be totally fine. Like, especially if I'm not drinking or whatever, but if I don't have like money on me, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going out. And most of the time when I go out, I don't normally have to pay for stuff anyway. Like I just tip everybody. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, I don't have enough tip money tonight so you know because you got to tip them that's why you get the free fucking shit um let's talk about dating um so dating then when you're an addict uh, compared to now when you're sober have you tried dating at all or is it um, like i don't know where you are like is dating well i since i've been sober i've had like a lot of zoom crushes um where i'll pin them in the zoom meeting and stare at them and I had a crush on this like sober I almost went on a date when I was home 
but then there was like an actual tornado that like, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to go on a date with this guy because he seemed like a real Debbie Downer, mm-hmm. even though he's like a super talented musician. And then there was like an actual tornado on my drive there. And like, I tried to go four different ways and there were trees blocking like every back route. And there was like, the highway was like literally a mile to even get on and it wasn't moving. And the I looked the other way and it was just like smooth sailing going back to the way it came. So it was like a sign to maybe. I felt like it was, so I didn't go. I did, I made out with my acupuncturist when I was home. Oh, okay. Um, we went on a couple walks. And that had been a long time coming because like he was dating this girl I knew and then he like started treating me for acupuncture. Like once I posted about getting six months sober, like before I moved to New York and he was mm-hmm. like, dad's an addict. And he was like, come. And I ended up cleaning his office once a week and getting free treatment. Oh, nice. and like, and I got in this huge fight cause she accused us of fucking. And like, we never had her and I aren't even friends anymore. So like, you know, five years later, we finally made out. <laughs> it wasn't great. He had one of those like strong tongues where it's like, Oh, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes like the, it's like, you can't be too strong and you can't be like, I've had like the really weak ones. Like I could deal with the strong ones. But like the weak ones, it's just like, oh God, yeah, no, I can't. It makes me want to like move their tongue into your mouth and let it like stay there. Uh, yeah, no, it makes me gag. It's like, no, like he had he had like client tongue. It was just like too aggressive. Or like where it's little, where they just do that. Ugh, <laughs> snake tongue. Uh, but I did, I did fuck somebody uh, when I was home that I had fucked before, but I was like. So upset. One night I sent him a picture of my tit and then like apologized. Like I was so, I was like, I hadn't smoked weed, I think in a month, but I hadn't like worked on myself enough. Like I was like dating for me, like activates all my fucking insecurities. Like it's just, and I was so insecure about this dude because like he'd written a movie or something like his, you know, whatever he's like had famous, like there was just, he, he just, he made me feel like he thought I was stupid. So I felt like I was always like trying to prove, like we honestly got in an argument over whether Frank on Shameless has borderline personality disorder or narcissistic personality disorder. And the thing is he has borderline, but it was like, it got like angry. Like this guy just always, but I saw him again, like having worked a program of recovery and like liking myself now. And he just like walked in and he was like, so this is good news, this is bad news. He was like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh wait, he's trying to impress me. He doesn't think I'm, st- he's been trying to impress me the whole time. <laughs> but you're he's a short, weird looking dude with boobs and I am me, you know? <laughs> and then he was all like, I'm really impressed that you've like held it together through the pandemic. And I was like, yeah, you know, I built my whole life in LA around sobriety. And he's like, no, I mean, like you didn't get fat, so anyway jokes on him because I have gotten fat since then (laughs) it was so weird because I was like I'm such a different person right and I like had my period which was none of his business until I like threw a towel down he's like he like looked at me I'm like oh I have my period he's like it's okay and I'm like yeah I know it's okay I don't want to sleep in bloody sheets though like what they don't need you to tell me it's okay that I have my period like thank you let me do that I did almost date this guy that followed me on OnlyFans. So my OnlyFans is RR639, by the way. There you go. I had gone to a Jewish youth group thing with him when I was 15 years old. And his name was like Noam, right? Like that's not like Noam Roucher. It's not like Michael Fuckstein. Like it's not that common of a Jew name. Mm -hmm. And the weirdest part was my sex worker name is Aviva. Do you know where I got? So I, I met him at a Jewish youth group. My mom sent me to to think because she thought it would like make me not an alcoholic. And I just like drank all the Manischewitz and blew my counselor. But for like whenever people are in charge. And then he invited me to like a school dance. And this girl he was friends with lived in the same town. So I stayed with her. We all went to the dance together. But on Friday night for Shabbat, we had Shabbat dinner at his house. No arms. And his little sister was named Aviva. And I was like, I really like that name. <laughs> Decades oh, later, I become a whore. And I'm like, you know, I still like that name, Aviva. 
I named my my horn name is after your little sister. So we should talk I don't remember ever hooking up with him. I remember hooking up with his lazy eyed friend later. And because at dinner, Aviva was like, what's wrong with your eye, Ron? And I was like, kids are cute. Um, and I remember making out with this other guy at a Jewish United Synagogue Youth. But I don't think, I think I fucked Noam over. And I don't know if he remembers. But then I like became friends with him on Facebook. He's a rabbi now. He lives in Pasadena. He's mm-hmm. divorced. He has two podcasts. He doesn't even have his own congregation. He's like a rent-a-rabbi. And then some other Jewish client I had when I was like complaining about him was like, he's not a real rabbi if he's divorced. Oh, rabbis can't get divorced? I guess only if you're reformed, but he didn't grow up reformed. So I don't know what fucking kind of rabbi he actually is or if he's even really a rabbi or he just went to rabbi school. But he has a rabbi website and he's like, come walk with me. Let me be your personal. He got divorced last year and now he's like advertising divorce coaching services. He's like one of those guys, like nothing, you've never done anything interesting. Like one thing happened, like, oh, your marriage didn't work out. And now you're like, oh, I'm an expert on marriages. That he has two podcasts. What are his podcasts? He had two podcasts. One was Jews with Tattoos, which he doesn't have any tattoos. That's how he found me. And then, and then the other was like the Jewish Divorce Project, where him and this like co host talked about how if you don't have kids, how do you develop and grow? And you need to make a contribution to the world to replace not having kids. And he also said that women that don't have kids just haven't met the right guy yet. Oh, oh, that so is- I never went on this date with him. <laughs> I, well, he also was like, yeah, I found you on Eros too while I was divorcing. And cause he like likes you and he wanted to interview me for his podcast. So then we like never made a date plan. We had a day and then like the day of, he's like, oh, we never made a plan. And it's like, dude, I can figure out a good date in a pandemic, but like you asked me out motherfucker. That's not my job. So I like told him, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, you said this on your podcast. And he was like, do you have a timestamp? Like he's such a fucking Jew Rogan about it. Do you have a timestamp? Cause he has to go listen. And then he like gaslit me about it. He's like, well, I said that Yeah, but, you know, earlier in the episode, I said about women that all of them are different. I'm like, oh, so that negates, I I see, that negates it. But then I'm like, well, he's saying that he understands that not all women want kids. And, like, obviously God wants me to date him because or else he wouldn't have followed my OnlyFans. I, like, went through that whole, because I'm I'm fucking, I would like to have somebody I can hang out with once a week, fucking watch fucking Netflix with, you know? Like, I'm fine without it, but like it presented to me and I'm like, he actually is grew up to be hot. He grew into his nose. He still has hair, you know, but basic necessities. And he just never followed up. So we had this other date and then I was like, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, I thought I could introduce my podcast. Motherfucker. You asked me if I was vegan. What does that have to do with your podcast? (laughs) I thought we were going to, and then I was just like, and then I just blocked him. Yeah, that's blocked him. I restricted him on my OnlyFans because I'm such a Jew. Well, I went to block him, and it was like you'll have to refund him for the month. And I was like, yeah, no, (laughs) not refunding him. He can like look and weep, but I also felt awkward because I'm like, oh, because he kept being like, well, now that we've reconnected, can I still look at your OnlyFans? And I was like. Dude, whatever. It's just content that I put out there, right? Yeah. And he's like, well, it's your boot. I'm like, it's weird, but it's just as weird if you listen to my podcast before we go on a date. And he's yeah. like, yeah, but it's your boobs. It's your boobs. And I'm like, you're still 15. Yeah, I'm more worried about people listening to a podcast of mine than my boobs. Like, who gives a shit? So I restricted him. And then also, I'm like, if he can't even handle the idea of like seeing my boobs, which he's already seen my boobs if he looked at my escort ad. Like, he's being insane right now. And I'm like, I can't make that decision for you. But also, I knew I had, like, my Marcus London session coming up. And I'm like, he's going to have to, I'm going to go on a date with this guy. And then he's going to watch me fuck a porn star in my only pants. <laughs> that, that is weirder than boobs, you know? Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I'm glad that that worked out, too. Like I well, now we're Eskimo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're probably Eskimo sisters in other ways. Maybe. I don't know. That's probably true. Yeah, we may not know. Um, but yeah, there's definitely I like a the thing I'm very proud of that I owe to sobriety that's 
I have not had sex with one LA comic, not one. And yeah, the first year I was getting sober and the second year was a pandemic, but no. <laughs> hey, that pandemic probably helped out a lot. You know what I mean? Like it was probably for the best in that situation. If you think oh, but not with my goal of never fucking a comic in LA. Yeah, or just never fucking comics. But like I was fucking comics before I was a comic. So I'm like, oh, okay. It's like a vampire oh. being let loose. <laughs> I know what Angel feels like now from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's like, oh, this is great. Yeah, no, I've been I've been very well behaved myself because I'm not toxic. I'm trying not to be toxic. Toxic Girl Summer was last summer. This summer is get shit done, Aaliyah Summer. So I'm also still terrified of having sex because I still think my pussy's gonna fall out, you know, after my surgery. Oh yeah, you know, it's like the middle of winter right now. Like yeah. you're like, Oh yeah, it's this summer. Yeah, this coming up summer. Yeah, no, I'm gonna be. Are we all doing that though? We're like, yeah, summer because we feel like maybe there'll be less pandemic around. I think that it will be less pandemic, but like I also had fun like doing like the outdoor shows and parks and stuff, and like it was super fun for me to just take a bunch of acid and like do nothing. Like it was, I had a really good summer. I mean, mushrooms and acid, a lot of DMT, like. It was a really fun fucking people's boyfriends. Yeah, no, it was a full on toxic girl summer, lots of drugs. And now it's, you know, because I'm never going to get another opportunity like to do that and <laughs> to not have to have like no responsibility when I'm this old and just be able to do whatever the fuck I want. And so like, yeah, oh no, it was great. Well, hold on. I don't understand how you people are doing hallucinogens during a pandemic. Don't you start like bugging out about how many people have died or like, germs have you met me that's what i would start doing <laughs> no 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 not at all um i have i have a joke about where i really thought i was going to be like furiosa from um fury road and i ended up being alice from alice in wonderland <laughs> just yay wee. yeah no i wasn't that wasn't a concern um, I didn't think about like when the riots started happening, that's when I was like, oh man, I'm just fucking dealing with this fucking shit, fucking shit. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I was mostly with, <laughs> I was mostly with a Phil Duckett and we were doing a lot of acid and stuff. So it was fun. It was, um, it was a really fun summer and, um, I'm glad that I got to have that. And I felt like I was 20. Again, you know, no real responsibilities. Um, don't have, really have to worry about money that much because, like, I still have my parents and whatnot. And this, yeah, I'm just, you know, I was financially um, taken care of, like I have been, um, and stuff. So yeah, I was just like, well, what the fuck else am I gonna do? Like, I could have done this, started this podcast. Like, I had the idea for it in the beginning of the pandemic, but now I'm doing it towards the end of the pandemic. Why? Because I needed to do drugs to have stories for this podcast we're going to stick with that before we uh before we end i will tell you my favorite crack story oh yeah i want to hear your crack story oh i also wanted to ask you um your parents were your parents heavy drinkers uh my mom is over now we'll just leave it at that as far as i'm aware yeah my mom was like a very heavy drinker like and like super like lied about it like she would always she'd have like a mug of like warm Chardonnay. She always drink her Chardonnay warm so she could hide it in cabinets because she like couldn't have it in the fridge and admit she was drinking. And then like the last, like almost the last Thanksgiving time I was like living with her after my divorce, she woke up in the morning, got drunk and like was, my boyfriend was living with us, which was her idea because we wanted to move to California together. We were saving up money and he, she fell down the stairs and then he called the cops and that's not what you do in an alcoholic home. Like <laughs> just drag her by the foot to like a couch or something, dude, like fuck, what have you know nothing? And he called the cops and she told the cops it was his fault. She fell down the stairs and he almost got arrested because in her mind she was drinking because she hated him. Like, <laughs> so it was his fault. But yeah, my mom was a fall down the stairs drunk. She was like, I'd come home find her passed out on the stairs, like with a Minnie Mouse nighty with like her bush hanging out, like 
drag her by her foot. My mom's like 5'11". I'm like 5'3". I'd have to drag her across the house like to get her into her bedroom so I could like close the door. <laughs> but then I would sneak out and see how boys. So it's a hereditary thing, I know. But, um, for sure. My dad like has rules about his drinking, which is like not super normal, but um, he manages to like follow his rules. Like he never only drinks on Wednesdays and weekends and he never has more than three unless he's at a wedding or a bat mitzvah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, yeah, no, that's fair. I know some people that, that are like that, that would be like, yeah, if they go out to dinner, like I have one drink, you know, I have an old fashioned or something at dinner or like, yeah, they have specific times that they will drink. But other than that, they just don't drink at all because they grew up or, or are related to um, alcoholics. All right, tell us your favorite crack story. Okay, so the first time I ever went to the Comedy Cellar, so with this girl, Jen, I don't even fucking know. She was some radio chick from New Jersey. And like Amy Schumer walked by and she was like, Amy, this is your biggest fan. I was so mortified. And Amy was just like, oh, hi, and like ran away. And then I hated Amy Schumer after that because I took it so personal. But I started drinking and like Artie Fuqua gave, I was staying at some random guy I knew from Twitter's because that was like my jam for a while. Mm-hmm. And I offered to like buy him stuff with my food stamps. And he was like, no thanks. Like he was so, it was mortifying. Like I didn't understand what was wrong with that. I'm like, whatever, they gave it to me. I don't have it. Um, <laughs> but I was dropped off wasted in front of this guy's apartment in Murray Hill. Because of course it wasn't Murray Hill. And his name was Brian with a Y and I had a cowboy hat on and I don't know where I got the cowboy hat. And I was standing in front of this guy's door. The last thing I remember, I blacked out at that moment and came to in Times Square at three in the morning, still wearing the cowboy hat, smoking crack with a homeless man. Homeless man actually even bought the crack. And then I don't know how I got back to the apartment. I just know that I did and somehow yeah. And he let you I ended up doing Coke for like three or four. I drove Hannibal to the airport. Like I ran into him. I had to like fight off this club owner's son that followed me into a bathroom at Trump Plaza. And then I went to this other Twitter guy's house and like his mom lived in Connecticut and New York. Like she, his, their family was loaded. They paid him a salary for doing nothing. And we just avoided his mom. Like, we'd be like, oh, she's in Connecticut. And like, we'd go there and drink and do Coke there. And then mm-hmm. she'd be like going back to the city and we'd like run the other, <laughs> like, we just kept, I did that for like a week until I had a show. And then I was like super coked out on stage, which like, I don't recommend. No. Yeah. Like, oh no, I'm not funny right now. <laughs> no, I've done, um... But I've also been up for like a week, like my car got towed, like, but it all started with that, that crack story, that week of insanity in New York. Yeah, I've only done, um, I've only been fucked up on coke uh, one time on stage. And that was just to try it. And it was at the Huron Club. So I was like, I don't care. It was fucking like two o'clock. Oh yeah, that, that'd be the place to oh, try guess, it. Yeah, just to try it out. It'd be like, this is not for me. <laughs> no, I feel like I could perform pretty good on heroin, but not coke. Yeah, my heart. Yeah, because I'm already fast. So like I have to, I like to be more well, this is like wall between, like on any drug, there's like, it feels like there's a wall between you and the audience. And like, it's just such a dissociative drug, you know? Yeah. So there's just absolutely no feeling of connection. Like, plus like, it wasn't like night one, like lines three, it was like night seven, line 376, you know? It's like a little bit, like your voice is gone by that point. It's very you know, raspy and, and shit. You're smoking a ton of cigarettes. Yeah, I never, um, I never done heroin. I would like to do heroin. I think that is something um, I would like to try. But like, I want to be like dying or something. Yeah, I don't really think that it's safe anymore because of fennel. Somebody just died this week in New London. She yeah, young because like the whole fennel thing, it's just so powerful. You don't know how much you get a hot spot of the bag where it's not mixed in. Like, it's just so much cheaper and so much stronger. Yeah, and. Like, I mean, not that you should do opiates. They're very addictive. But like, if you're going to do opiates, like get a fucking old fashioned Oxycontin. 
and not oxycodone. Everybody acts like that's the same. Oxycontin, oh, that's, that's the real drug. Yeah, no, I had oxycontins um, after my surgery. Are they really though? Because I feel like they must, everybody always says oxys and they just mean oxycodone, which is just- a Oh no, they gave me the good stuff and it wasn't a lot of it um, either. They only gave me, I think it was like six pills or something like that. They gave me a very- But I didn't really- Crush it up, snort it. And you <laughs> I was about doing that because like, when I was eating them, because I don't really like pills. Like I, I've never really been much of a downer. Like I, I never like K or anything like that. Like I did it a couple of times and it's just like, stuff like that always makes me nauseous. That's why like, I'm surprised when like I was put under and stuff, I woke up and I was fine. I just asked for water and my chapstick. I was like, can I have my chapstick? <laughs> the first thing I said. <laughs> well, heroin would absolutely make you nauseous and it'd make you itchy. It's not worth it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was itching anyway, because I was healing, but yeah, I ended up like I did them all and it did help like a little bit, but I've always like, like if I had any real pains, I always take Advil. Advil has always been like my go-to. I'll take extra Advil. Wait, inside your pussy was itchy? No, like my fucking scars, you psycho, like with the incision marks on the side of like my navel and then like my navel. And then like, it's kind of like a, like a diamond. So like, Right. Oh, they don't like go up into your pussy and just pull it out. Like, with the baby. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, oh, like, there's more. Oh my god, it's green now, blue. Like yeah. a scarf, you know, like a magician. <laughs> I guess they used to do it that way, obviously, a long time ago. No, this was with like lasers and stuff. So I had, I had a very fancy <laughs> surgery. Yeah, I was afraid I was going to have like a big like cesarean type scar, but um. No, it's just like two little ones because the other one is like right by my, um, right by like my bush line right there. So you can't even see that one really. And then my navel, you can't see inside. But wouldn't that be the worst though to have inside your pussy be itchy? That would be, yeah. Well, I mean, that's like having a yeast infection or gonorrhea or something like that. I guess that's true. We've all been. Yeah. Well, like normally, like you don't feel like inside, but it's always like the labias and stuff. You're like, ah you just want to like take your pussy like on an arm chair of like a couch <laughs> <laughs> like a cat <laughs> can I use the cat toy my cat doesn't rub her pussy on the armchair but yeah sure yeah. Like well they rub their bodies and stuff like that but yeah <laughs> if like, you pet my cat's butt she'll show you her, her butthole I just learned that is her new trick oh yeah do cats do that like on purpose like show their butthole I don't know I think so. They like yeah. to present their butthole. Lucy doesn't like. She doesn't show me her butthole, but a lot of times, um, like if we're on the couch, like her butt is always in my face. When and that, like, it's always like right. You know, it's just angled, just right there. I'm like, okay, this is. Even when we sleep, sometimes she'll come up on the bed, and then yeah, it's just ass and face. I'm like, yo, this is true. Wow, psycho. Good. This was good. I liked ending on um, itchy pussies and um, dogs. That's, that's us. It's very on brand. <laughs> uh, where can people find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at RebeccaRush639. I do have a podcast where I interview authors and comedians about books. That is called Comics Book Club. And I am on OnlyFans, OnlyFans backslash RR639. There we go. And uh, you know where to find this podcast um, everywhere. All right. Um, I will talk to you later. Thanks, babe.